0: This indeed is put on a stack of 45s. The program devoted to a single release or a quadruple release in this case, because 805...
1: Quintuple.
0: There was an EP. So you got two and two. So when you think of 805, what do you think of?
1: Yeah, we're talking about the one and only short-lived... Supergroup, Moby Grape. And Supergroup is
0: right. But a more fucked up situation for a 60s band that was learning the ropes you could not find. And between the incredible music made, the personal problems, the managerial problems, uh, there couldn't have been a larger mess for a band that Columbia Records was attempting to break.
1: It's a rock band tragedy.
0: It is a rock band tragedy. So we'll give it to you as as best we possibly can. Uh it's a it's a complex convoluted tale. And 805 is uh one of the songs that uh that they are famous for along with Murder in My Heart for the Judge. Uh Bitter wind, indifference. But uh, can you remember the first time you heard Moby Grape?
1: And I don't remember whether it was when they were actually in existence or whether it was after. But um, I remember being blown away by the sound, Uh, the three guitar sound. They had three guitar virtuosos. They all wrote, they all sang. Uh, It was on, you know, like Buffalo Springfield, um, but the the guitar work was... I remember uh, Hey Grandma, just sort of blasting and knocking me over. Columbia, instead of releasing one single at a time, released five singles simultaneously. Um, Fall On You, Sitting By The Window, 805, the one we're going to discuss. Omaha, and Hey Grandma, all at the same time. Omaha, charted, made it to 88.
0: But I think that was the most, uh, that was the most chart action that they saw.
1: Right. And the album charted at 24, but once again, it was released on the same day as Sgt. Pepper.
0: Yeah, on the exact same day as Sgt. Pepper.
1: I mean, what was Columbia thinking?
0: Well, they were probably thinking that they had the American version of the Beatles, uh, and they were going to use them as weaponry to try to combat the British invasion with uh, a, can- a
1: cannon fodder.
0: Well, you know, yeah, no one actually knew what the reaction to Sergeant Pepper was going to be until Sergeant Pepper was. And so I imagine you had these brave hearts in the record industry who figured we're going to construct something to combat all of this promotion. And if we are brave enough to release it on the same day, we are going to get some recognition for that.
1: But it's not like, uh, you know, people didn't know. I mean, especially the record business people, there was a lot of talk about the Beatles and sort of in competition with the Beach Boys and, you know, trying to come up with uh, something, you know, super duper.
0: Yeah, what what they were attempting to do is what a lot of bands were attempting to do at that particular time. They were merging blues with country. And they were trying to take advantage of the psychedelic uh, formation that we were inclined to hear, particularly on FM alternative radio, which of course played them uh, played them incessantly. The problem is, you have to have. If you, the Moody Blues had "Nights in White Satin." Moby Grape had nothing that was going to be able to get that kind of airplay consistently.
1: Even, well, if you put out five singles at the same time, you know, take your pick. You know, it's a it's a grab bag.
0: But it but it's all still decided upon what the FM stations decided they were going to play, and they weren't going to play all five.
1: Nor no, were no, and eight oh five was this gentle country-ish ballad. Yes. You know, which has since had some legs. You know, Robert Plant covered it in um, 2006. Very faithful reproduction of the song, basically. Same guitar licks, same harmonies. It's a beautiful song, it's, and it's beautifully
0: recorded. Um, hey Grandma has the, has the capacity in the other universe. As you say, it blasts out that... Um, that harder rock mentality that the electric groups like Clear Light and, of course, the Doors were trying to sell. Um,
1: Yeah. There was um, a little
0: something for
1: all the kids. We should say the members of the group, Skip Spence, it was originally his band. He's the one who kind of went nuts on psychedelics. Peter Lewis, the son of Loretta Young, interesting connection there. Jerry Miller and Don Stevenson, both coming from Seattle from a group called The Frantics, and Bob Mosley, that gravelly voice, who played the bass, he's the one who came up with the name, Moby Grape. You, you remember that joke, you know, what's large and purple and lives in the ocean, Moby Grape. But, um, yeah, there were the three guitar players, Peter, Jerry, and Skip, Skip was rhythm... Jerry could play those great blues licks, and Peter was the finger picker. And together, they created this sort of mesh of guitar sound that was very unique. So unique that uh,
0: I I wish it had been included in the film that would have uh, verified their legend which was Monterey Pop, Pop, but because of legal disputes. And so right off the bat in 1967, we have these legal disputes wherein D.A. Pennybaker, who directed, created Monterey Pop, had to exclude Moby Grape from the performances. So look at all the other bands in Monterey Pop, including the association. That have gone on to this legendary kind of status. Not right. so from right. Moby Grape, nor another, you know nor another band that we'll talk about at another date. Who had similar fates? The Paupers.
1: The Paupers. That's an obscure one. Yeah, the Paupers. Um, um, talk a little bit about Matthew Katz, if you would, because I think he's sort of the fulcrum of their disaster.
0: Well. I think I think we're talking about the person that pretty well put them in the uh, put them in the uh, toilet. Um, yeah. He wanted a million dollars in order to uh,
1: <laughs> in order to be in Monterey Pop. And Columbia promised to fire Cats, but they couldn't deliver. I think Cats and Spence were in some way hooked up.
0: Well, th- that would make sense for somebody on the inside to to try to get a positioning uh, to get positioning in the, in this horse race. Um,
1: yeah, because it was originally Spence's band,
0: right, right,
1: and and uh, they joined up with uh, these uh, Jerry Miller and Don Stevenson from the Frantics, and Bob Mosley, I think, came up from San Diego, and so. I think Spence was probably trying to uh, consolidate his position.
0: Well, it wouldn't take long until no amount of consolidation was going to solve the the difficulties that they encountered. Um, their second album, Wow, came out in 1968. That is the recording in which they have the 78 RPM track, uh, <laughs> which very which a lot of people were surprised about, and still thrills me to think about it to this day.
1: Hi there. Just reminding everyone that the next band is at 78 RPM, so kindly get up and change your turntable
0: to 78. Thank you. But LSD played, you know, acid played a big part in the uh, collapse of a lot of of artists of, of, of the day.
1: And yeah, we covered in an earlier episode uh, our acid reflux episode, uh, Skip Spence, and also the guy from uh, the West Coast Experimental Band.
0: Yeah, and there were many more who did get through the uh, get through the maze,
1: and Sid Barrett, of course, uh, of famously course. Uh, Peter Green.
0: But this might be this band might contain the greatest uh, cautionary tale. About acid of the and its usage of the day. Um,
1: well, yeah, they were. Well, I think they were in New York, and Skip freaked out on LSD and started chopping it down their door with a hatchet. Yes, they took him away, and institutionalized him, where he made that classic album, or
0: Because i find underneath the eyes of it Yes, I'd like to throw them off. The highest point of a telly mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think doesn't get the credit that it deserves.
1: I don't think That's a pretty freaky album. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty freaky album. And just, uh, just on the merit of the survival uh it's it's like a recording for those who want to know what true survival is about after decades of trying to dig yourself out of that particular uh hole and knowing the difficulty that you've created for yourself in the industry as well and with fans um so i mean this so it doesn't take much to understand the breakup was almost immediate. But in yeah. seventy one the original five members came back together with the violinist Gordon Stevens and they recorded Twenty Granite Creek for reprise. Um, are you from?
1: have you ever heard that record? I have not. What year was that?
0: That was nineteen seventy one. And uh, not not a spectacular not a spectacular return. It's kind of like a prize fighter returning and seemingly Relying on the trainers instead of themselves getting in the ring. Um, well,
1: you know it's very unfortunate because Spence was a very important component in that group, and uh, you know it needed. It's like the Beatles, you know you need you need all the components.
0: Yeah, but each of them contributed to the guys. Oh, yeah. Everyone contributed. We're we're, we're singling Skip Spence out. Because he might be, he he had become and has become uh, the most famous member of that particular uh, ensemble. But everyone contributed to the to the
1: disaster. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about eight oh five. Okay, Jerry Jerry Miller. Um, it was Miller and Stevenson that wrote the song. And Jerry Miller, I saw a great uh, YouTube interview with him, where he talked about the the way the song was invented. He, he came out of his life. He broke up with his wife. She got on a bus, and um, he asked the guy on the old, the Golden Gate Bridge, as he was coming back home, what time it was. The guy said eight oh five. He was driving a Rocket eighty eight, and um, yeah. And um, Peter Lewis does that wonderful guitar break, um, very gentle acoustic guitar break. And it's a it's a magical song.
0: Well, it it kind of puts you in the mind of um, of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Mm -hmm. It gives you some hints of Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, they borrow pretty much. They were great borrowers. Mr. Blues is obviously an Otis Redding-inspired song. Where's
1: that home, Mr. Blues? I guess it's
0: Murder in my heart for the judge is politically motivated. About uh, being busted for. Uh, for, for grass and uh, the judge would not cut uh, Mosley a brick. So, you know, everything within, the there was a strategy to the writing and a strategy to the songs that were released. But that strategy, in retrospect, seems to have been misunderstood by those who were paying the bills. Um because all this went downhill very, very fast. How would you rate Moby Grape? When you're, going back to, when you're going back to 66, 67, and you're thinking about Jefferson Airplane, and you're thinking about all of the bands that, that made an impact, uh, somehow here we are talking about Moby Grape. When well,
1: in terms of pure sound, they may have been the best of the San Francisco groups. I mean, I love the Dead. I was never a huge Jefferson Airplane fan, except for Grace Slick. Um, you know, there 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 was a kind of a a looseness to a lot of the the bands in terms of the the way the sound coheres. You know, you hear all the different elements, and it's almost sort of wandering around, but. Moby grape was solid, solid, so you know in
0: so when we write the uh when we write the final chapter on moby grape, I think it it has to be that uh it was unfulfilled promise and a dedication to uh to a craft that they just couldn't fulfill because as devoted as they were, they submitted they they knew very little about business and they knew very little about how to contain. The magic that was held in a bottle for a very, very short time.
1: Yeah, that's a familiar sad story.
0: It is a familiar sad story, but we're going to play 805 for you now, and uh, this should enlighten you a bit as to the worth of Moby Grape. E I world with rain You oh, know your tears would only bring pain in my heart A fine I guess you're leaving goodbye It's a beautiful thing my friend it's a beautiful thing Hey, they don't make them like that anymore.
1: 805. I guess I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: All right, my friend, the mighty Mez, I thank you so much for another uh, for another excursion as we head off into the night. We head off into the night. The night, and we are
1: children <laughs> of the night. Children of the night. The
0: children of the night, what beautiful music they make. Good night, my friend. <laughs>